You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is On Principle, Challenges in Jewish Education, and I have the great source to be joined uh, via the magic of Zoom over the thousands of miles with Rabbi Tzok Adlerstein uh, from uh, the director of Community Affairs, I think, or Interfaith Affairs. Interfaith Affairs. Interfaith, which, of course, is two communities for the Weisenthal Institute. Uh, Rabbi Yitzchok, uh, we, this is already Baruch Hashem, this is already Chuta Mesholosh, because this is our third time. And Loi uh, you know, it's possible that we might be Menutak, but it, it's not going to happen so I, quickly. I will, I will come up with five different reasons why it doesn't constitute a Chazaka. <laughs> If it suits me, <laughs> okay, I'm sure. Right, yeah, but again, but I we might uh, we might entangle you to the point that you'll see it still won't be b'meheirim. But I will try to be. I'll try to be good. Um, and, and, you know, we, we've talked a, a little bit about in the times we've talked before. Um, uh, we've talked about your work uh, for, for for Wiesenthal, and we we talked last time in general about what was going on from the Pew report. I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, an area that I think I first came to recognize who you were, although I think your name was always, you know, in, in, in my in my atmosphere, uh, was Cross Currents, uh, which, uh, as I said, you know, you didn't call it uh, Kedusha's Yitzchok, you didn't call it Machshavas Yitzchok or Yitzchok and Avram Gordimer, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you made sure that the name um, was a name that bred inclusion, although it was obvious that the site is for Torah thinking people. And it's clear that what you're talking about is, is, is orthodoxy and an orthodox perspective. But I think that um, the people involved, whether it was yourself and the others, you wanted to definitely convey the idea that here was a place where even people that hadn't yet joined the team could perhaps find ideas expressed in a way that was um, compelling and well-written but also with a forceful point of view. It wasn't just some sort of vanilla stuff uh, like you find in some other outlets. Have, 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 I, have I given you a good uh, sketch about what uh, Cross Currents is? Maybe, maybe it's, it's a good jumping off point, uh, although it, it wasn't the, the eker. I think that was about 35, 40% of it. But the great bit was uh, uh, who are well uh, of the of the Haredi world, although the variety that is now known as Haredi life uh, in America, um, which means people who have a certain amount of interaction with the world, uh, the world out there, and are curious uh, about where Torah interfaces with it. And you know, the word curious doesn't do justice to what uh, to what I found. A couple of years ago, I ran a program uh, every summer for um, curious Haredi young men, basically B'nai Yeshiva, um, who uh, were interested in the the Tikva kind of program. Tikva uh, fund does quality programming for kind of conservative, the small C, conservative uh, political views. They, rec- they recognize Orthodox Jews tend to be more traditional and conservative than others. And whereas uh, other non-Orthodox young Americans had to be first convinced of conservative values, Orthodox men did not have to be convinced so much as given background in the context to be able to be better communicators. Anyway, we ran this for a couple of years and we did exhaustive interviews. It was very competitive to get in. We turned down far more people and applied. Um, when I asked inevitably, why are you interested in this program? They got a small uh, compensation for putting in weeks of beforehand and then uh, a week together with like-minded Jews and some fantastic presenters, but it was a lot of work. And it was uh, classes from morning till evening. And um, 
why why I asked them would you uh, be interested in this? The modal response was, "Look, I'm learning yeshiva. I I see myself as a ben Torah. I have a curious mind, but." One thing that I haven't managed to figure out is that I love Torah so much. I see Torah as being so comprehensive and so valuable and such a necessary ingredient in our lives that I just can't buy the idea that the only people it should be communicating to today are us. And I understand how for close to 2,000 years. That is the way we live, but we have no choice about it. And I find it hard, as somebody engaged in the great world, not to believe that Torah doesn't have some principles, some guidance, some important material to be conveyed to the world as a whole. I don't know what it is exactly, but I'd sure like to hear what people say about it. So that, I think, is the greater part of what, of what launched cross currents. Currents means the cross section or the intersection between genuine Torah and contemporary issues. Uh, I can't say all of our contributors always follow my advice, but my guidelines were if you're going to write something that could be written by anybody other than someone who spent years in a base medrash or years in a women's seminary and infuse it with the insights from your learning, then it doesn't belong on cross cards. I'm not interested in just plain politics. I'm not interested in drushes either. I'm personally interested in drushes, but for cross cards, I want the impact of Hashkafa and Torah thought on the issues confronting the greater world. Does that make yeah. sense? I, I hear what you're saying, but again, you know, I'm I'm very into marketing, you know, and um, uh, in terms of my titles and and how I uh, create things, and and I'm and I'm sensitive to even the, your name. Yeah, you're right. Cross currents is Torah plus, but the imagery is that there's, although we know it's not equal, but there's a, a sense that we're crossing these currents as if they do seem to both are they, they both have almost equal import. I know that that's not what you just said, but I think for the, for the uninitiated, that's less scary than saying the Torah's view on politics, the Torah's view on uh, social justice, the Torah's view, right? Cross currents is saying, hmm, there's like the meeting of two powerful things that are now intertwining in an interesting way. And I think that's really, right? And I think, again, that's why the title is ambiguous enough that I think it doesn't uh, indicate a preachiness. or sure. no, or, no or, ambiguity there. We made it clear from the beginning, we've maintained the policy, that unlike other sides, we were going to entertain comments, even strikingly critical comments, as long as they would be responded to by the people. And sometimes we allow some pretty uh, nasty stuff coming from other parts of the, uh, of the orthodox and even non-Orthodox world, well, because yeah. sometimes they speak for themselves in their ludicrousness. But it, it, it was a place people saw that it did not have the same symptom of other uh, conventional print media, even some of the other some of the other websites. We also, yeah. though, made it clear that the line that we wouldn't cross is that we would not entertain Haredi bashing; that it should remain a website that was really comfortable. You might encounter think about and things that would be challenging, but we wouldn't tolerate becoming a place where uh, Haredi uh, visitors would feel uncomfortable. Yes, some uh, who are, uh, who don't share that kind of vision and want things to be um, in, a, in a much narrower range with much higher walls are frequent critics of us. But you can't please everybody. We know that there are tens of thousands, if not more, people living as B'nai and B'nai's Torah who welcome this kind of approach. 
Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, you know, and obviously there's certain rules of of when you have such an open forum, and you you mentioned the the um, comment section, and I'm sure you have a um, an editor or a moderator or someone who um, decides what to post and what things are considered off the off the board, right? I mean, you, 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 that's what you're implying here. Um, but I, I think the fact that and there's can, a board of a few editors, yeah, and they, yeah, and they are the gatekeepers. But I think it's different than let's say you know you know Mishpocha finally decided let's say okay we're going to have a we're going to have a website and give some of our articles you know this you know we obviously we want our uh, we don't want to give away stuff for free but maybe with a subscription or whatever but even their website um, isn't as lively and, and, and you're not going to have that interactive sense right you're going to have um, published versions of the articles in the magazine. Um, Whereas what you're what you're doing with this is, and I think this is really the point. It's it's more than just a a web magazine, right? Part of what makes Cross Currents and and many of the other sites uh, so viable and so this century is that it isn't just a a digitalized version of of a magazine, right? It's meant to be in some ways. Uh, hyperlinks and responsiveness uh, to other things that are going on, which I, I guess I, you know, you're not going to find in in, in Mishpacha and, and some of the other uh, sure. online sites. Sure, Mishpacha, Mishpacha uh, has to follow different constraints because they've monetized and they have to be careful about not offending key parts to, of their uh, of their constituency. Don't worry about that so much because nobody makes a dime on it. Yeah, you know, in terms of what especially just, myself, so uh, yes, that's sir. why there's sometimes long lapses in which nobody writes anything because the only incentive we have is to say something that we feel has to be said and that may may help uh, a few people out there. Well, uh, I, but I think you know, obviously, you've got some sense of the numbers of the people visiting the site, so you know that it's yeah, you yeah, know we that we, we know we know it's we know it's making an impact, and it's it's good night for that. I, I, I want to take what you said and take it one step further. Um, you're being more sensitive than I'm going to be right now. Uh, and that is to call a spade a spade. In, in days of old, which, were, which weren't so long ago, it was not possible for too many people to have a voice of the community. Print media were very careful, very cautious who they would, who they would publish. Uh, only a few letters to the editor got in. The process was not was not very democratic. Put it uh, directly, even who got to get to the mic at Nagudik Convention was pretty much first. And unless they trusted you in advance, knew what you were going to say, you didn't even have the opportunity to ask the questions you might internet has changed all of that. It's democratized in good ways and in terrible ways uh, Jewish life and Torah life. Anybody and everybody has an opinion that is both fantastic and horrible at the same time. We still haven't found the right, the right balance. But as I, as I once told the, the Novominska Rebbe Zatzal, the, the cat's out of the bag. There's no way of stuffing it back in anymore. That is what we're going to be looking at in the Jewish present and future. And that was before we had genuine uh, Israeli-style Haredi websites galore here, here in Israel. There is a process of democratization around. I do believe that that's part of the phenomenon that we saw in Israel a few months ago when sizable parts of the Haredi world did not vote on Q according to the expectations of who Haredi was supposed to uh, vote for, but uh, in a sense broke ranks and voted for the values that were, that were important to them, for better or for worse. Um, I believe that that would not have been possible in the pre-internet era. No, yeah, that's an interesting theory that, uh, you know, obviously there's this acculturation, uh, culturalization, I guess is the right term. Um, no matter how many hours you spend on the internet, the the attitude that the, and the empowerment that the internet brings to everyone means that you don't have this monolithic block anymore and that there is right. a little more, you know, whether it's soul searching or 
you know, striving for individualism, uh, that's going to happen. And that, of course, has, uh, as you say, uh, for, for good or for bad. Uh, you know, just, the, uh, you know, the one of the things that you, you mentioned um, about, you know, the uh, the uh, the effectiveness uh, of of what, we're, what you're trying to do with with cross currents. And you said it was come out of, of a program. Um, I, I think that the uh, the benefits of developing in your uh, contributors uh, the skill to be able to give over the idea, not necessarily in the flowery essay way style that Nissen Walpen uh, tried to guide people in the Jewish Observer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you agree with me. You know, you talked about the Novominsker. You know, the Novominsker was proud of his of his English skills. You know, he went to Brooklyn College, uh, and 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 most of the uh, the material that appeared in the Jewish Observer under his byline was actually written by him. I spoke to his children, his grandchildren about it. I think also the prose has changed. You know, the the flowery prose is, I think, not what the internet calls for, right? I mean, your typical uh, cross current. There's a certain amount of directiveness. There may be a pithy turn of the phrase is important, but not a whole you know type of drosha that you have to read over two or three times to get. Would you agree with me as far as that goes? I would. Uh, I'm I'm not going to uh, take credit as innovating that or being part of an extremely small cabal of people to do that. We have Baruch Hashem many many great uh, gifted writers out there. Um, if I had my brothers, I would be extolling the virtue of Mishpacha magazine thing that Cross Current says uh, has um, uh, produced for the for the community. That's not to say that you know, I can live with all of their editorial policies. I, I can't, um, so I don't I don't write too often. Although they usually publish my letters. But I think they've made an enormous impact by being cautious, living within certain uh, certain guidelines, um, following the good rule of tofasta or lotofasta. But you have people, Binyamin Rose, uh, Yisrael Besser, uh, and and a growing number of uh, Alexander Fletcher, who really got her start to a large extent writing for Gross Currents who are great writers, deliver up stuff in a modern style, but manage to tickle people's imaginations and open them up slowly to uh, the, the adventure of, 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 a, of a larger world out there. Right. Um, yeah. So in other words, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, if not a pleasurable um, uh, viaduct to understanding the modern world, but it's definitely something that, um, can put into, as the Rambam writes, um, you know, sort of in, in Hilchas Tefillah, that can put into words ideas that perhaps are mulling in their heads and, and in a way that they just never had the chance to do that. Um, but not necessarily like, you know, like I said, you know, uh, an essay that that, that needs to be uh, re, re-examined and studied over and over again. I think that's you know, like you said, that ship has sailed. You know, you know, Lionel Trilling's book reviews, or um, or even James Wood, who writes for the New Yorker. Um, you know, that's not what you're after. You're not after for you know, uh, you know even the most beautiful, uplifting idea. Uh, uplifting idea, yes, but not necessarily in the prose. And I think that's something that's that's important, knowing your audience. And as you say, the people uh, have caught on and have, have developed. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, the other people in this field of education, that's one of the reasons you're here, Rabbi Yitzchak, because this is a challenge of, of, of education. Uh, uh, there, it's not just, uh, you know, sitting in the brick and mortar school. It's, it is what the inquis- inquisitive minds are reading and, 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 and contributing for. And let's talk about something. I don't know if they're one of your competitors, and they probably are more monetized than you are, and that's a tablet magazine which um, you sent me an article because um, you thought I would find it interesting called The Un-Jews. Um, uh, before we talk about that article specifically, you know, I think Tablet is also, I, I wasn't even sure, I think I told you, I wasn't sure exactly where they are, you know, in terms of, you know, which hat they're wearing, their kippah or non-kippah. 
and I think they're they're inhabiting an interesting spot. I know it's not it's not right for me for you to comment about them, but I think they've done an interesting job. Um, being in a place where you could have a person who had a strong yeshiva background and still find uh, interesting points there to, to read about and to be illuminated for. I know someone um, that I worked for um, uh, with together um, in SAR, uh, um, Rivka Preschwartz, um, Melech Press's daughter, she wrote a wonderful hespid for her uh, for her teacher, uh, Rebetzin Osband of Cleveland. I don't know if you saw that last year. I did, yes. Yeah. And it was really, again, I, I actually did a podcast based on that with uh, uh, with uh, Moskes, and I might have, uh, it was really, and again, it, it, and you know that that probably, that hespid couldn't have appeared anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, it was a hespid from someone who had moved beyond some of those Yesodos, but it was only someone like Rivka Preschwartz who had moved beyond that that was able, I think, to extol her teacher in that way, uh, with the lack of hagiographic, um, um, you know, you know, reverence. And I think that you know, tablet. Although I, I don't study them often, I, I think that they are they're inhabiting an interesting spot. Don't you think? I, I do. I I think that uh, what what makes them successful is that they don't try to be a site with a particular hashkafa, not religious and not political. So they're open to a uh, to many diverse uh, backgrounds in authors, and it's kind of like a uh, buyer beware kind of thing. Uh, if, if if you're not ready, you're not interested in a particular point of view, then, then read it. Uh, I think a firm, uh, publication can do that. And that's why I am not as happy about some other sites uh, which claim to be which claim to be orthodox and yet not only skirt the outer fringes of orthodoxy but often go well beyond it and seem to not mind uh, combining uh, diverse points of view on Ikari Hadas. So I am less inclined to be so uh, I hear. Uh, I hope this is not. A, I hope this is not a. I hope this is not a subtle dig to the yeshiva of Newark, and it's. Uh, nah, of, uh, if it would be, I'm enough of a kanoi not to be on your program. Yeah, <laughs> because you know I do have a, a lot of people that um, you know who are doing tshuva in some ways, or uh, no, or or not. I mean, some <laughs> of your guests we would I would not allow to write for Chris. for cross currents, right? And, and, the tr- and the truth is, I don't allow anyone to use um, our discussions as a bummer for you know a sheet that i feel is is undermining um and mm-hmm. uh, but i also don't necessarily do what some of my and again this, you're not interviewing me but i'm just <laughs> i might as well tell you you know i'm not i also take umbrance when when somebody you know writes me and says well this guy said this you know a number of years ago or this guy wrote about this and but this person you know contributes something to me or talks to me um i said look i am not um and I think this is sort of a, a sticky place because, uh, you know, I, I, we're, I'm not necessarily endorsing everything this person has ever said. And I haven't vetted this person to the nth degree, which I think places like Mishpoch and other places do. Right? In other words, they, you know, when, you know when, when they have somebody, you know, they've got to make sure that there isn't any skeletons or anything hanging there. If somebody uh, shares with me, you know, an idea, a Dvartora or something, um, or wants to talk about things, and I think in a, in a power of a fashion or in, in a stimulating fashion, you know, I'm not going to be buddy Kostitsis about, you know, obviously a, a known Apikairis, a known Russia, you know, obviously somebody who's, who dedicates their life to, to the Horbin of Claudius is one thing, but I'm definitely not going to assume just because uh, a, a friend of mine calls me up and says, this guy is being Macher of Claudius that that's what he's doing. Um, and again, that's part of the freedom that, that, that you have as, as an editor to right. sometimes allow a disparate voice. I, again, I, I got the sense before, like you were saying, you know, in cross currents, you probably would be, you know, you would be very leery of, of someone being a contributor. I think the difference is, you know, again, this is, is, is that, you know, although me and you, you, you can go anywhere you want with this conversation. You know, I have a certain, no, but I have a certain control and a certain editing 
ability that it doesn't become that. And, and we don't have your or mishpachas uh, in preparatur that, uh, that, that, oh, <laughs> you show up on Yeshiva of Newark, you must be, you know, you must be one of the great Dayonim and Paiskim of Kal Yisrael. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not trying to be that. And, and, um, and I think that what we're trying to do is get people interested and get people well, thinking. Well, just to give you something to complain about, I, w- I would say that uh, somebody who is connected in any manner or form with open orthodoxy, Marat, Kovvei Torah, will not be uh, and cannot be a a writer uh, or appear on the pages of Crossfire. Right, right, right. E- even to write, right, right. I understand, and I think you know. Here's where you know I I, I had to make a judgment call. And I think that one thing I could tell you is that, you know, when, you know, when, when we did have, you know, uh, when I did have conversations with, with people from, um, from uh, Chovei Torah, um, they were extremely limited. <laughs> they were about using technology for teaching um, and, um, you know, other types of subjects where the actual shittas, like, in fact, on my um platform with Rabbi Bechafer, we uh, condemned in the strongest terms, um, as you remember last year, there was a rabbi who, and I say rabbi in quotation marks now, who received his, I guess his smicha from, from Chovavei, who performed a, uh, a chuppah for two men, you know about that, right? If, oh, uh, yeah. And the Bechaper and I, uh, you know, you know, you know, were were extremely, uh, you know, angry and and, and, and and issued our condemnation uh, for that. So I, I think, I, it's... and I, I will tell you, it's like we're getting close to to Chodesh so we might as well be honest that we have to do a certain amount of breastfeeding. That I don't know about you, I don't, I don't have the magic balance worked out. Um, I'm crucially aware uh, going. The old days when I was much interested in some of the early chuvas about copyright, that uh, some of the earliest formulations that you found talking about the practice of the of limited monopoly that uh, we we call copyright in secular law, um, but had our own way of handling it in in nineteenth century Europe. One of the one of the stars, I believe it was the Chassam Sofer for his voice that was that, yeah, of course, we, we refuse to buy any safer that doesn't. Uh, why? Because if people could read anything that was published, even without a Haskama, there's no end to what kind of nonsense people will publish. And we want to spare them that. So, you know, th- there's a mouthful there that we, we are not libertarian in regard. We recognize a responsibility to the to the community of of not burdening people or not tantalizing people with things that perhaps they really shouldn't be looking at. I'm I'm not going to hide from the fact that yes, we do entertain notions of censorship in our community. So to to uh, drink from the uh, the waters of, of of freedom and liberty. Is not really where we want to go either. And I guess that, of course, is a difference between you and Tablet and some of the other uh, other online, um, I don't know what they call it, online platforms. But so let's, let me ask you a, a question on that on that point. Um, you know, we, we did, of course, on our platform, and again, this is sort of come turning into a commercial for both of our endeavors. But uh, on our platform, I did something I was very proud of. You, 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 you were a very strong part of that was our uh, who we've lost during Corona, and um, you were, of course, a very important part of our uh, hespit for Rabbi Tursky, Rabbi Dr. Tursky. Um, one of the things that we did was also highlight the death of Rabbi Huda Herzl Henkin, and um, and uh, you know I, I, I happen, to, happen to enjoy reading the, the reading the, the svarim that he left, the Truvas Vene Bonim. I, I disagreed with you know probably about. 40, 35% of his Masconas, uh, maybe even more, but I, I appreciated the, the thoroughness of his approach. 
um, the general objectivity of how he goes through a source. Uh, there were places where I could tell, oh, this is where I think he's wrong. But I, I, I know from, you know, although he wasn't necessarily the most charismatic person, I know he suffered Nebuch with a, a, an illness, which I wasn't sure exactly. But, you know, I, you know, I, I was proud of the fact that we gave him his due after he was nifter. The same way we spent uh, we spent a week of Rav Zalman on our shear. Now I gave shear every I gave uh, every single night after during the shiva from Zalman Nehemia. I gave over piskei alocha from him, um, and the same thing happened when Rav Hankin died. Uh, I said over uh, chuvas from the chuvas when they bought him. Now um, and. I don't know the totality of his approach. I know there are things in Sneas that I think he he was wrong about, but I think that when a person who's Shaku and Taira and and is so dedicated to the truth, uh, whether you know it's 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 not my style and my brand, but I think we have to be Myrich that. Um, I would assume that if some that if Hankin wanted to write something for cross currents when he was alive, he probably would have rejected it. Am I wrong? Oh, you're wrong. Would have jumped at it and. Oh, yeah? uh, I, I, I find it obscene to even consider the question of whether somebody, who I also disagreed with, everybody I know in my circles also disagreed with, but he wrote quality stuff. He was a Ben Torah, who you say he was Shakur in Torah. Was, there, was, there was nothing, not a trace of Kfira stepping over, a, over any boundary, any place. I consider it obscene to consider a, 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 a ban or a shunning of somebody like him, with with the caveats that you know, this is probably not something that all of us are going to be so mechan b'halacha. But you have to be mindful of that. I come back to it all the time. That marvelous hagdama of the nitziv to uh, to, to sefer parashas, yeah, right. Repeated it, repeated again in in dvarim in a number of places, right? About right, and then and in one of his chuvas, it's uh, it's a meshiv davar also. Uh, but where he where he says the key part of it as we're approaching the uh, the nine days is that the the sinas chinam of Bayashani was that people were so into their own brand of Yiddishkeit that anybody who, who showed evidence any kind of hashkafa slightly deviant from what they believed. They immediately jumped on and called Apikairis and Russia. Until and, and, sometimes the conflict got so severe that Bahaflaga and sometimes not Bahaflaga. Well, he says that it went to Shvichas Domim. The Nitziv says that it went to Shvichas Domim. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and, and we do that. We are Shofech Domim all the time. So so let me ask again. I'll put you again. We're good friends. Uh, you know, and I, you know, at least I'd hope we could be. And well, that's easy to say before a show. Let's see if we can keep it. Yeah, right. But I'm saying have people, let's say, from the modern world, you know, let's say from the Dati Lumi camp, the, the Rav Hankin camp, have they been contributors to to Cross Currents? Yes. Okay, that's a that's a very long drawn out, yes. Completely identified with the modern Orthodox community in the United States. I don't think we've had from the Dati Lumi community here, but even more likely to, uh, to to entertain such such contributions and, uh, and you're right part of it is the, the part of it is is, is being you know uh, obviously uh, fluent in English and being able to to, to in, in the Dutch community over there is is not that way you know it, I'm, so I'm happy to hear that and I, and again I, I will tell you though that um, that I locked horns and with the uh, people in Mishpacha because I, I I I'm very close to many of the people who are uh, who are in the higher ups there, and uh, when the article about about Rav Eitam Henkin uh, came out, Hashem Yikom Damam and Seichat Tzadok Levrocha came out, um, mm-hmm. very little space was given to his mother and father, and um, the courage and the incredible um, gvura that they showed in terms of carrying on, soldiering on, incredible Kiddush Hashem. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was hardly any space, anything about them, and when I called the editor on that. Uh, who had written the article and the, who was uh, one of the managing editors, contributing editor, whatever the name they give him. Um, you know, he said, well, you know, we, uh, it doesn't represent our Ashkafa. And, you know, we, and, you know, it really was, it was very disturbing to tell you the truth. To, but to, you would not, you would not get that reaction. Indeed, that wasn't the reaction, let's say, of Chakira. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Hakira has been, I think, uh, an extremely valuable uh, journal in, in in bringing the message of diversity uh, to the to the to the board. I remember when it first uh, appeared, and the byline was, unless I'm at it, the Flatbush Journal of Internet of Intellectual Thought. And people, <laughs> Flatbush intellectual? Is that an oxymoron? Is that a joke? Yeah. And then, you know what? People found over the next years that there were many, many, many people in Flatbush, HaKadosh. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. You know, I, I, I have to say that, you know, in, in one of the other hats that I wear, Tequila Kashras, um, which is basically a banding together of various strands of Flatbush Judaism from, you know, the Midwood, uh, you know, Hever near, near uh, Tegervadas and, you know, the, the Chaim Berliners. Uh, it's a it's a it's a kashrus organization that everybody trusts, you know, and it's and it has many many modern Orthodox um, support as well. So maybe that's right. I always you're right. It sounded pretty kitschy, the Flatbush Journal, but maybe you're right. Maybe there's some magic in Flatbush that uh, we still haven't caught on yet in terms of being able to corral everyone there. But again, Hakir, of course, is much different than Cross Currents in the sense that Hakir, I think, is a place for for people to, although a lot of it is online, I think it's more, you know, it's more spaces for scholarly essays or articles and, you know, that maybe, you know, maybe don't cut the muster of the, the, the greatest journals, but, you know, in terms of, you know, pure scholarship, but are still, you know, uh, very good um, essays, attempts, and and ways to really, with footnotes and deepen things, which is really, you know, not really what, what, what someone wants to see when they want to catch something on the internet. Um, the uh, you know you mentioned again we talked about tablet just just you know the tablet articles that you were talking about I don't know if we're gonna have time for it because we sort of got into into a whole different world but you know I, you, you the articles that 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 you had mentioned to me um, uh, that you thought that had done a good job I think was an article by um, Natan Sharansky Natan Sharansky and Gil Troy do you think is is it cruel to suggest that probably Gil Troy was the writer and Sharansky was sort of the um, the the emotional core in some ways. I mean, Tan Sharansky is 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 can write English. Uh, is, he's 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 capable of composing prose English that way. Tan Sharansky is a great communicator. Mm. Uh, no question about that. Whether he can come up with uh, uh, quality prose such as you found in the tablet article, uh, I don't know. And uh, I suspect, though, that he was more than a smiling muse. Yeah. The, contact was, the, the content was, um, at least half of it was his. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, well, I'm sure, again, the, the idea... Yeah, look, whenever you, you know, this is also an interesting thing, which you could probably talk about in a different time, is whenever you have uh, an article that's written by two people, I've written a number of together with my Chavrus of mine, Avram Cooperman. You might remember, of course, Rabbi, his father, Rabbi Yudah Cooperman, Rabbi Yudah Copperman. Sure. Uh, so sure. his his son, on my, uh... yeah, right, they yeah, definitely opened up the Meshachach, although some places he, I think he closed it. But anyway, um, I, I was I was very friendly with him and I had a great I, but I became his friend. I became friendly with him uh, through his son, who was my Harusa for a number of years. And we wrote we wrote the different together uh, over the years. So it is an interesting thing when you have a team working on something. I don't know if cross currents has that type of article that's written by one or two people two people together but this one the one that you were impressed by is troy rabbi you know gil troy and sharansky and it's really talking about the un-jews um and this was a, a reaction um that happened during the gaza war where so many people in the united states especially were coming out trying to distance themselves um from from israel and and demanding uh, they be recognized as Jewish, but not necessarily connected to Israel and its policies that were so repressive against the Palestinians, um, um, you know, to end the ongoing uh, Nakba, <laughs> the uh, uh, City University of New York's uh, law, Jewish Law Students Association. They got to end the ongoing Nakba with a capital N. Um, and I know that, that what the article did was not just bemoan what was occurring, what had occurred, but actually see it in historical context and taking it all the way back uh, to the Jews who were apostates uh, throughout the ages, uh, the Maskilim, of course, before that, uh, the Bundists, the communists, 
um, the people who had sided in Josephus's time with the Romans, perhaps even the Hashmanoyim in the time in the time of the Messiavnim. Um, and they were really trying to show that this was something that um, was corrupt and, and terrible in terms of the fact that it's um, uh, it wasn't apostate. It wasn't so much you know that you don't want to be a Jew, but it's actually um, eviscerating what being a Jew means. Um, so I, I can see why the article appealed to you, but um, uh, from when we started recording, you would, but you would be wrong. <laughs> Not why. Uh, it, it struck my fancy and why I passed it along to you. The article was was very good. I recommend it to everybody. It does put a historical context. Uh, we we lose a lot when we say, well, there you know, there were always Jewish fifth columnists. It's important to understand why and which different um, segments of the fifth column there are. And uh, Natan Charansky did a very good analysis how many people in this of, of uh, professors, many of them Israeli, uh, just, just ran to show how progressive they could be and how quickly they could, they could bash Israel and um, really act in ways that are not just uh, distasteful to us, but put the Jewish state in jeopardy. So, their thesis, uh, Sharansky and Troy, was that these were not non-Jews, people who had somehow done a non-religious apostasy, nor were they people reacting against their Judaism uh, uh, because they wanted to gain status with, with non-Jews, but they were a particular variety a, 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 a variation on that last theme of un-Jews, meaning that they sought to create a new Judaism by, as you said, eviscerating Judaism of all of its traditional values, which are now seen as ethno-colonialist and tribal, isolationalist, uh, unsustainable, uh, 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 colonial um, 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 colonialism um, that these people were not just reacting against their Judaism but were trying to create a Judaism with idea of Jewish family of a Jewish people of anything really that is Jewish now that's all fine and good my, my complaint, which now uh, is going to sound like I'm, I've over-dramatized it, and perhaps I, I have because of the work I do for Jewish advocacy, is that they neglected to show the, the size and the growth of another component of Jews in the United States, those who are not reacting uh, really as Jews at all. But as the Pew report showed, there are hundreds of thousands and some think millions of Jews who don't regard themselves as Jewish. Yes, if you hand them a latka on Hanukkah, they might even, they might even smile. <laughs> the, same, the, same, the same way that um, somebody who four generations ago came from Ireland might show some kind of recognition of the great Irish potato famine but it doesn't mean anything to him or her today. And there are so many Jews today, this is going to hurt to hear, that have been so devoid of anything Jewish in their lives, anything Jewish in their lives. They don't have a Bubby and a Zaydi. They don't go to a Pesach Seder. They don't fast in Yom Kippur. Their parents didn't join any Jewish organization or go to a shul, that these Jews now react not as Jews for, against, someplace in the middle. They react as just Americans. And the same kind of crazy mishigas that you get from mainstream media, from life on campus, is their cultural heritage. But nothing, no Jewish value whatsoever. We can talk about the Pintaliyid, which may or may not 
still be salvageable, but they don't react as Jews. Why is that important? They still have Jewish names sometimes. They still say, as a Jew, I want it known. They're not thinking as Jews. There's nothing Jewish about their lives or their reactions. And the only reason why I make the point is because this has to be factored in when we talk about how important ties are to Jews in America, where Israel should be committing its Hasbara dollars or its attempts to keep ties, crucial ties open to the American community. We have to recognize that Jews who are, uh, who have been uh, totally uh, cut off from their Jewish heritage are going to react as non-Jews. And they're going to do it in greater number. And when people in America uh, are going to defend themselves from charges of anti-Semitism, they will be able to point not to Jews that like that uh, Nathan Sharansky was talking about, but their co-workers and neighbors who say, well, all this stuff is fine with them. They're just not concerned about this colonial estate in the Middle East. And they look down on people who, who keep up barbaric practices like not stunning animals before Shrita or by the horror inflicted on innocent babies and doing circumcision before they have a chance to, to uh, uh, react as adults about whether they want their bodies mutilated? Yes, I, I, I agree with you. There is definitely a, uh, um, a, a very steady growing a majority, I don't know if it's a majority, but it's definitely a plurality, a plurality that's going to, uh, it's going to expand. And uh, yeah, yeah, I guess what you're saying is, is that you believe that Sharansky and Troy um, needed to push it even further. Uh, exactly. And, and, but, exactly. and they don't have to do everything in one article, but the rest of us have to. We have to do it have I, to do I, I would say though you know it, to me there's always you know me you know whether it's me thinks that does protest too much there is an aspect of you know the fact that uh, so many of them um people needed to speak up uh, and again it's, it's horrible of course the things they said about about medina Cicero and about the actions that the idf took but as you can say, the one who says, yeah, Jew, uh, that, that, that doesn't factor in by me. Uh, when's the next flight, uh, you know, uh, when's the next flight to Las, Las Vegas? I'm just going there. You know, but the fact that they felt something, the fact that they felt that they needed to, to make a comment showed that there is still an aspect of Judaism that's coursing through them. Yes, uh, and, I think, absolutely. And, and I think what that, I mean, the ones who will be, who will not be the outspoken ones in sure. that but they are going to be included in the polls. When yeah. polls every year will measure Jewish response and who's voting for which party, those will increasingly be Jews who simply have no connection whatsoever. You're correct. In other words, the, the voting blocks and other things, those things are definitely starting to crumble. And of course, this is what we talked about last time in terms of uh, is it even possible uh, to have Kirov? Um, I would also just say, uh, you know, uh, you know, one thing about um, the thing that you do see, um, it's still you know, something that I was, it was pointed out to me when I was growing up, the amount of Jews that were involved in the civil rights movement, the amount of Jews that were teaching in um, left-wing schools, whether it was the UFC or whatever it was that were, you know, preaching about, you know, uh, you know, various ideologies and was always pointed out to me by my teachers and, and by others was that, look, despite the fact that you're extremely secular, you still care about changing the world. You still care about making the world better, um, which are things that, of course, are based on the Torah. And it seems like Jews, no matter what, they don't just become, you know, you'll pardon my 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 grub kite here like the average guy who just says okay i just want to get on the next plane to vegas and you know man you know when when's the next uh, you know what can i order from amazon today they're still out there they're still writing exposés um uh, you know they, they might but there, there's a passion and a and a, and a, a koach that we know is part of the the azus 
that we sometimes see as Azaz the Kedusha that the Jewish people have, right? I mean, it, it, you hate the fact that Stanley Crouch was whatever he was saying, or even Bernie Sanders in some way. I mean, I thought Bernie Sanders was a Galechter, but he definitely was a Yid, you know what I'm saying? I saw, you know, even when he was saying the worst things about Israel, I saw the energy of, 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 of the passion of a Jewish person who, who fought for things that were that, that were important and that was willing not just to be comfortable and you know stay on his farm in Vermont. Uh, do you do you hear what I'm saying? Sure, and I, I can I can agree with uh, with much of that, um, and we should find those people and try to draw out the re- the remaining uh, the droplets of Yiddishkeit that are there. And Hashem, we have right, some... but, but, but I'm saying the Yiddish neshama is about. Uh, tikkun, you know, the Medrash says, why was it that uh, that uh, Avram wasn't created first? Why the Medrash asks such a question? The Medrash right. says, because if there would have been a a, a pagam, a kilko, there was no one to do tikkun. There is, as much as I hate hearing tikkun alam uh, from the conservative movement, that is what the Medrash says is the side of the nishmas of, of Avram Avinu and all the people that are that, that really come from Avram. And I think. These people, I mean, I can't stand the woke. I can't stand what they're talking about in terms of, of, of you know, uh, the changes and 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 the, the the endemic racism and how the, we need we have so much farther to go. But I so think I think the idea. I don't think that the woke stuff has anything to do with a feeling of my job here is to make the world a better world. I don't. I don't think these people do anything other than. Than repeating mantras and, that, or, and and giving them power to I guess control yes. people, right? Uh, but 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 the ones that mean it, Ernst, the ones that mamish mean it, Ernst. I think that despite the fact that they've been shorn of what we would call a Yiddish atam and a Yiddish uh, approach, there still is something there that is very distinctly part of the Jewish nature, which you're not going to find by you know you know some you know happy-go-lucky uh, surfer girl. Right. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, I, I can't say that I, that I, it's a sad, you have to, you have to cry bitter Troyerin that they're out there with the LG, you know, BQs, uh, LGBTQs community and pushing, you know, all these things. But, whoa, where's that, that passion coming from? Um, you know, maybe it's just to get attention, but I think part of it is, 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 is part of the Yiddish Neshama. I mean, yeah, it's simple. That, that, that maybe I'll have no objection to that, but do remember that there are lots and lots of people between the extremes that you're talking about, uh, between the people who have no concern with anything other than getting the next high or, or, or the next vacation or, or uh, tuning into the, uh, the latest Netflix uh, series. Yeah, okay, but we have... For real. There are people who we, we, we fail, to, fail to realize that when you live without a connection to the Ribbon Shalom, there's a vacuum. And that vacuum has to be replaced by something. And what fills that vacuum sometimes can... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.